0: This is The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can world. We can world. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much for joining The Sue Freeze Show today. And we're Facebook Live, uh, and we're also going to be talking about some interesting things. And when I was praying about what to talk about today, what came up was, for me, is what if... There's so many times in our life that we ask that question, what if, what if, and with everything that's coming at us right now uh, in our world that is not anything like I've ever experienced, and I think you'd be in the same boat to say there's a lot happening that we've never been through before, and, uh, you know, we've got people telling us what to do, what not to do, what to wear, what not to wear, can't go into a place if you don't have a face mask, Um, just so many things, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home. I'm wondering from each one one of you what you've chose to do during this time of staying at home and quarantining yourself. I, I really am interested to know what accomplishments we've made, what choices we've made that have been different than what we did when we were so busy we couldn't do any of those things. What have we chose to do with that time? Have we done something that's going to make us better people? Hopefully that answer is yes, but if not, it's not too late. We're not completely opened up, although I'm very thankful to see more traffic in one aspect, I'm happy to see more traffic on the road. On another one, I kind of liked it when I could go the speed limit and get there when I wanted to. And uh, that was really nice, saved a lot on on the gas bill. Um, and also just frustration and stress of driving through traffic. But there are so many things going on right now, aren't there? And I just started thinking about the what ifs. And when I'm scrolling through Facebook, which, believe me, um, it just is is crazy what you see and what people are believing and uh, just the things that are like, where's the truth? Where's the truth in everything that we're seeing and facts and evidence to back up the facts? We do need to ask that. We need to be smart. We need to be thinking about that, not just believe what's being said. When someone gives facts and figures, we need to check those facts and figures to make sure that they're correct. Uh, not just believe everything that, that we're hearing and seeing. So um, if the Lord had not been on our side, Psalm 124, one in the NIV version, I, I want to stay with the Lord because the Lord is where it's at. I, when I was going up the elevator to come here today, I was thinking about protection. And I'm, I am a, um, a woman who now in this time in my life, I am not as strong as I once was. I can't run because I had a leg accident and I really can't run. So I can't get away. I can't, I can't flee danger, whereas some of us can. Um, I'm not strong enough to really fight the fight on my own. So I need to know that I can make a phone call to 911. I can make a phone call and I'm going to have somebody at my aid. And if I don't have that, I don't – what if? What if I dial 911 and nobody comes? Are we thinking about that? Now, I was married for 32 years to a firefighter. And I have to tell you, they're the loved ones out of the, you know, these forces. And um, when the riots happened the last time and I couldn't talk to him for like three or four days and – Uh, Come to find out he was the captain at that time, and he was sitting in the seat in the front of the fire truck, and there was a bullet hole. He didn't know it was there until he came back to the fire station and, and found a bullet hole. They're not allowed to carry guns on their trucks. So they're like sitting ducks. And the police department goes out there, and it's like this neon sign they have on them. They were bulletproof vests for a reason, but that's not going to protect them. That's not going to save them from what's going on, especially what's going on right now. And and so, you know, I haven't been happy with, with certain individuals in the department, but when I think about that, I, there is any department you ever go to, any business you go to, even my business, E. coli, termite, and pest control, there might be one bad apple in the bunch. Does that make my company a bad company? Does it? I don't think so, especially if... You know, the company takes uh, the responsibility to, make, to, to fix it, to address it. And the same goes for anything, right? Not none of us. You know, we all fall short of the glory of God. And we all have a sin nature. And I'm not, I'm not excusing behavior. I'm not. On either side, I'm not excusing bad behavior. But I'm also saying that just because there is one bad apple, does it really spoil the whole bunch in this case. And my, my belief is, no, it doesn't. So the what if on, what if I didn't? I couldn't call 911 and have somebody there at my aid. And then I switched it. This is still going up the elevator, only five floors, but all these thoughts came through my mind, is that I am a protector. I'm a protector of my children. Mommy, mommy protects her chicks. And I'm a protector for my children. Don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with my kids. Okay? But I'm also put in a position of protecting my employees. Don't mess with my employees. And I'll, I'll back up my employees all the time because I believe in them and I know that they're good. But I'm also protecting my customers, you, most likely you, my listeners. I protect you by doing good hiring and, and making sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do right. Does that mean there's never going to be a wrong? No, I can't promise that. Nobody can. You know, we can't control everything, but we need to take responsibility for what we can do, correct? So what if? What if you choose the wrong company? What if you make the wrong choice? What if? What if you were under scrutiny every single decision you made? Think about that. Be the person that's responsible for the world. Be be responsible for America. Think about that. The governor who's responsible for a state. They need to make decisions that are best for their cities. Are they? Think about it. I thought about this, too, and I say this all the time. The pain has to be worth the gain. You know, when we work out. We work out not because we like working out. We work out because there's an end result we want. So we have to do the pain in order to get the gain or loss in this matter. But the same applies for people when they take a position. If we don't pay them enough, why would anybody want to do that job? Have a neon sign on their back or front? I I just, um we need to make it worth their while. Just like with me, with my employees, I need to make it worth their while to want to do what they do or they're going to find something else to do that's going to bring better for them. It's just human nature, common sense. So defunding them? I learned a long time ago that when you have one em- employee that might not be adhering to the rules and the boundaries of the company, you don't bring everybody in and and change everything for everybody. You address the person or the two people that are the problem people. You You deal with that. You don't have to Pull them all in and say, just because this person did that, guess what? We all suffer. How does that make sense? It doesn't. And what are we gaining as a country by doing those things? Think about it. Please think about it. Everybody, think about it. Think about the motives behind decisions that are being made. Think about the big picture. And think about greed. Think about money. Who's getting the money for this? Who's getting the money for that? Because... Money talks, and it's a sad, sad thing. But think about greed. Think about that. So, that all was not part of the show today, but I guess it was part of the show because I just couldn't hold back. I felt like I had a bridle on me and I had to bring this up. So, sometimes it's hard to avoid thinking about how you or your life might be different if you hadn't made that choice or had made the choice you didn't make. It can feel very depressing. Think about it. Each and every one of you think about it right now. Is there something that you wish you woulda, shoulda, coulda? Those are really detrimental thoughts. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. We can learn from our mistakes, but we move forward and don't harbor on those. We don't. We don't. We don't stay there, right? We just think about it, learn from it, and move on. When we look back on our decisions with regret, they may fall in one of these categories in our minds. The average choice in that we wonder, could it have been done better? Even if other people say we did it just great, we did a great job, we did just great, but could it have done better? Now, me, my personality is, is that I'm always looking for, could I do it better? Could we do it better? Is there a better way? I don't see fault in that as long as I don't stay harboring on that. We learn from it, we move on. Number two, the choice that wasn't sinful and seemed so good to us at the time. We made that choice for good motivations, but now that other people think it was an unwise decision. So, where are you on that? Think about it. Is that part of the situation for you? Woulda, shoulda, coulda's. Decisions on which we look back as definitely sinful or wrong, some of us tend to worry what if my husband dies? What if I lose my job? What if the test is positive? Psalm 124 shows us how to use this to our advantage. The next time you find yourself going over the what-ifs of worry, try switching to the what-ifs of faith. Applying the what-ifs of faith, what if the Lord had not been on our side? What if God were not with me? What if Christ had not died for me? What if my eternal future was in doubt? Well, we already know that that's not true, right? What if it was that? But it's not. Thank God. Literally, thank God for that. The what-ifs of faith focus attention on the reality of your situation. God is with you. Do you believe that? Do you know that every day another elevator thought process was is that I pray for protection. That word protection is so big for me. I pray for protection. I pray for protection for my family, my friends, my employees, my customers, and the world, and the president. I pray for protection. Why? Because we need protection. We need it. I say, I want the hedge, please, Lord, the hedge of protection. Protect us because we need that protection. So think about that when you're making choices. He never will forsake you. Christ has died for you. Your eternal future is safe in his hand. You are a new creation in Christ. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. If these things were not true, you might be overwhelmed, but they are true. And in times of trouble, you need to affirm them. So, those things right there, we need to affirm that in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, in our spirit. We need to revisit those words and repeat them so that we have the strength and understand He is with us. Paul says, Think of what you were. 1 Corinthians one twenty six. Why does Paul remind Christians of what we used to be? Is this a ploy to make us feel bad? Of course not. He reminds us of what we were without Christ, so we will see that we are in an entirely different situation with Christ. Practice the what-ifs of faith. If the Lord had not been on our side, we would have been swept away. Yes, but God is with you. God is for you. And nothing in life, death, or eternity can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Where do you need to replace the what-ifs of worry with the what-ifs of faith? Where in your life do you need to do that? Real faith is more than what you feel. This is an article from Rick Warren. And I just really appreciate him and what he brings to the table. I really do. Um, he brings me comfort, and he helps me kind of um, – I, I don't want to say mellow my thoughts, but align my thoughts. And the thing I'm having to remind myself, and maybe this will help you too, is keeping our focus on our Heavenly Father, keep our focus on the Bible, keep our focus on what God wants from you and from me. Um Sometimes I find it difficult to be in business and to speak my mind, even though I feel like people need to hear it because I feel like they're being misguided or they're hearing things and believing things that are not true. And I have a hard time speaking my mind and speaking my heart because everyone, they must believe that they are right or they wouldn't stand firm on that belief if they didn't believe they were right. And... I have to ask the Lord, is it my position to show them another way? Is it my position or is there somebody else that can do this? Is there someone else that can share? And so when I see a YouTube or something, I might share a YouTube. And and even then I get criticized and ridiculed. And some of it is okay and I can take. But some of it is very harsh. And, and it's really sad that people feel uh, so free to be so unkind and sometimes even rude. Um, I think, you know, we're to love thy neighbor and everyone is my neighbor. So um, when I do something, my motive is to do it out of love and to help protect. It's not out of um, making someone feel bad or ashamed or anything like that, because that is not what I would want from, for anyone. I just really believe that some people have blinders on and they're, they're not seeing things correctly and they might be thinking the same thing of me, and that's where the hard part comes in, isn't it? You're listening to The Sue Free Show, and uh, KKLA is kind enough to have me in their studio, and I'm really appreciative of that. Salem Communications is a wonderful organization. It's a wonderful uh, way of getting truth and light uh, to the public. And I feel very fortunate, blessed, and humbled to be part of this Um, We are the radio show, Sue Free Show is syndicated. It goes up and down Southern California. It's in San Diego, KPRZ. It's in KDAR, which is the word 98.3 FM for Ventura Countians. Uh, San Diegans is KPRAZ. And then, uh, obviously, KKLA 99.5. And then it goes up even further north to KUHL, which is not Salem Communications. It's a secular station that felt like um, it would be a good thing to have this type of message on their station. And I'm very appreciative of that. So thank you for that. And, um, yeah, it's been on for over ten and a half years now. So it's pretty crazy to think about that also. On a side note, I just want to let you know that DSF Foundation, Disciples Set Free, is open, and we have two moms, and we have six children in there now, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, It's been a long time coming, and um, we're now looking at getting the animals over there. I've got an alpaca and a goat, and I'm learning how to shear them and and take care of them, because there are two animals that I've never been introduced to before, so I really don't know their nature. I don't know how they are but they're really kind of really sweet sweet animals um anyway so all that being said it's really fun so rick warren real faith is more than what you feel a brother or sister in christ might need clothes or food if you say to that person god be with you i hope you stay warm and get plenty to eat but you do not give what that person needs your words are worth nothing in the same way faith by itself that does nothing is dead Right now, it's estimated that over 40 million people in the United States are unemployed. Some of them need food. Some of them are wondering how they'll pay their rent or mortgage. And they need to know that they're not forgotten and that they can count on others for support. It's not enough to just tell them how sorry we are for their circumstances or to send out a tweet. It's just not enough. Empathy isn't enough. They need real help. James says real faith is more than well wishes. Imagine if you walked up to someone in a food line and said, Hey, I feel for you. Hang in there. Cheer up. Don't worry. Be happy. Doesn't that ring hollow in such desperate circumstances? They don't just need your words. They need food. Genuine faith is practical. It gets involved in people's needs. That's why I feel very fortunate to be part of the DSF Foundation. It's it's a wonderful organization, and I feel very fortunate to be part of that. And it is helping people that are in need. And it feels really, really good. It really does. Jesus demonstrated this kind of faith. He didn't just empathize with our pain and predicament. He came to earth to do something about the sin that separated us from God. 1 John 3.16 says, Suppose someone has enough to live. And sees a brother or sister in need but does not help, then God's love is not living in that person. Your response to the pain of the people in your community will show the world what you believe. Empathy is not enough. See, a lot of times people say we're missing empathy, and we are. There needs to be more of that, but it's not enough. We need to look for the needs and fill it. So with the situations the way they are right now, think about you. Think about your position. And think about if or where there's something you can do to help with the needs of your community. It's a call. It's a calling. And if we're going to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, what part are you going to play? What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions – Can that kind of faith save anyone? James 2.14. In the United States, there are many people who say they are Christians. In fact, several recent studies reveal about 70% make that claim. And yet, many of these people appear to live according to their own rules, not by trusting in God's word. What they say about their faith and how they choose to live don't line up. Real faith is more than just the words they say. For instance, I could say I'm the best dancer in the whole world. Wouldn't that be nice? But that wouldn't make it true. And the moment I started dancing, you know it wasn't true. Just because you say you have faith doesn't mean it's true. This is what James is addressing in today's verse. What's the use in saying you have faith if it doesn't show up in the way you live and the things you do? Actions speak louder than words. I remember My mother's saying that all the time. Actions speak louder than words. James isn't saying we are saved by our works. The Bible is clear that we are saved by faith in Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. But our attitudes and actions should be evidence of our faith. So the fruit, we will be known by our fruit, is the outpouring of those good things that we do. This is the difference between a fake faith and a real faith. In this time of pandemic and upheaval, our faith must be real. Our response to these events should come from our faith and not our fears. This is a time to put our faith into action. There are thousands of promises from God in the Bible. You need these promises to stay stable and strong right now. But to assess those promises, you need to fully trust God. That's the kind of faith that will lead to answered prayers and a changed life. It's a faith that will save you. So how do you know if you have real faith? That's a question for you. How do you know that you have real faith? One that will stand up to life's biggest pressures. Take a look at your actions and see if they back up what you say you believe. As you do that, remember the good news is there is no condemnation in Christ. If you think your faith hasn't been real, then tell that to God. Tell him you haven't been living according to the things you believe. Tell him you want to do that right now. And watch how he begins to transform your life. Overcome fear by standing up for God. That's a big one. The acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. So a lot of times we're afraid of something that really isn't real. We're just thinking it is. It appears real, but it's not real. And we have to face that, and we have to stand up to it for God. Lord, take notice of the threats they have made, and allow us, your servants, to speak your message with all boldness, Acts 4.29. We all have fears. In fact, right now is a very fearful time for us all, isn't it? Too often, though, we've let them rule our lives and stop us from taking a stand for what we know God wants us to do. Like Daniel standing in the lion's den, we face people in situations that threaten to destroy us and are witness for Christ. But the choice is ours. Will we succumb to our fears or will we stand up for God in spite of those fears? If you want to overcome fear that's dragging you down, you need to clearly understand the benefits of choosing to stand up for what God wants. Practice the what-ifs of faith. I'm going to leave that for right after the brief break. So stay tuned. SiouxFreeze.com. Thank you so much. We'll be back right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season.
0: SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much, E.C.O.L.A. Termite and Pest Control Services for sponsoring this show. We appreciate you so much for doing so. If you are or you know somebody that's looking for a new career, E.C.O.L.A. is hiring and we really, really, really need high-quality, great attitude, clean driving record um, people working for us. So if you would like to join our team, go to termitelady.com, and uh, there's an application. There's a quick application. It's a one-pager. It's really easy to fill out. And uh, you could just send that in, and it's real simple. And then we could go further if there's a need to go further. You do need to have a clean driving record. It's better if you don't have a record because we have to fingerprint and screen you uh, through the FBI. So it's better if you don't have any of those obstacles and issues. Um, We are looking for people. We will train you. I can't train attitude, but I can train the skills needed. And you will be licensed. It is a career, not a job. I would want you to come, and I would want you to be committed to me for at least two years minimum because it takes so much to invest in you so that you can be what you need to be. And I guarantee you, most people that come work for us, they stay with us for a very, very, very long time. Some people decide to go back to school, and sometimes people decide to leave and go to another state. But... Uh, Other than that, um, our people, they like to stay with us, and and we are a a great team, and we're just getting more cohesive as time goes on. With all these trials and tribulations, it really kind of pulls you together or tears you apart, and it's really pulled us together. We communicate. We're talking to each other, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful place to be. And I feel very fortunate to be part of it, and uh, I would love for you to be part of it, too, if that sounds uh, interesting or good. For you, We have six offices. We cover from San Diego to San Luis Obispo. We are possibly going to open a couple more offices. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. But we cover everything from San Diego to Paso Robles, San Luis Obispo up there. So if you have um, a desire or you know somebody that is looking, I know unemployment is getting um, a little less, but there's still a lot of people out there. I really am looking for licensed people that are already licensed in our field. But I will train. I have two right now trainees that I'm we're training and um, they have to go get licensed and and whatnot and we help them do that. So I'm hoping you might be some of those people. maybe maybe we can fill all the slots we need to fill. We need termite technicians. you have to be agile. you have to be able to climb and it's it's a really dirty job. It's a really dirty job. So if that doesn't scare you, then come on board, okay? Fill out that sheet, okay? Also, I would love to invite you to go to Sue fries, spelled like dot oneword.com. I want you to go there because there are 10 and a half years of podcasts there available to you so that you can listen at your leisure. And uh, there's some really good, good um, shows. I mean, I even go back and listen because I'm like, wow, that was really good. I needed to hear that right now. And I'm the one that was speaking in that thing. So it's really even good for me to go back and, and re-listen. So um, I would really love it if you do that. I also would like for you to connect with me on that website and just tell me what you're thinking, how you're feeling, if you need prayer, if you need anything, just let me know. I'm the only one that opens those up and reads them, and I will respond back to you. And I would love to get to know you and you get to know me a little bit more. So um, hopefully that invitation, you'll take it and you'll do what I'm asking because I'd really like to hear from you. I'd like to hear your views. On, on what you think about what's being said here. And, you know, maybe you can open up my eyes and, and open up my, my empathy and my, my brain power to maybe there's something I'm not seeing, you know, maybe open up my eyes a little bit. So um, I'm open. I'm open to listening. Okay. So most importantly, you need to see that doing what God wants you to do is a clear victory over the fear in your life because fear grows. Every time you give in to a fear, it becomes more intense. Have you lived this before? Do you know this to be true? I know I have. And they say the thing that you think the most about is where your where your life will go, even if it's something you don't want. If it's something you fear and you're thinking about that all the time, the direction's going to go that. I have people that are fearing divorce, but, yeah, they think about it all the time, and therefore they end up divorced. They fear that they won't have enough money or they're going to lose their job, and they think about it so much that it ends up happening. So we have to focus on what? On the fear or we have to focus on the faith? Do we have to focus on what we can have or what we do believe? We have to focus on that. You know, shoot high. Shoot high and hit the mark. But if we're focused on the negative, okay? When I was walking in here today, there's a poster right outside this window, and it says that uh, 90% of things are good and 10% of our life each day is not good, negative. But what do we focus on? And it's a reality check. What are we focusing on? Are we focusing on the negative? Are we focusing on the positive? And I can guarantee you, if you focus on the positive, which is what God tells us to do, what does he say? He says, um, pray without ceasing, number one, and give thanks in all things, even the good and the bad. Give thanks in all things and know that God is with you. He's with you. And he is your mighty protector. Protection is my word today. Protection. Protection. I need protected. I do. I need protection all day, every day. And I want protection for my children. And I want to be able to call 911. I'm just saying. And I want someone to show up for me. So don't take that away from me. That's what I'm saying. Don't take it away from me. I want to call 911. And I want someone to show up and protect me. How about you? Getting back to this. Fear grows every time you refuse to do what God wants you to do. Eventually, you'll feel cornered. And when fear grows, your life shrinks. So what do you do? You follow the lead of early Christians. We are certainly not the first generation of Christians to face fear. Early believers faced all kinds of persecution. The book of Acts shows us how they stood up to this fear as Peter and John proclaimed Jesus boldly. In Acts 4, they came up against fierce opposition. So they prayed, Lord. Take notice of the threats they have made, and allow us, your servants, to speak your message with all boldness. Can that be our prayer for today? Can we speak with his message in boldness? Acts 4:29. The answer to your fear isn't to give in to it. It's to move forward boldly despite it. You stand up to the fear. Fear doesn't respond to logic. So your only chance to get rid of the fear is to trust God and face the fear. Never, ever forget this. God won't part the Jordan River in front of you until you take your first step. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Wow, that's so good right there. See how God did this for Elijah in Second 2 Kings 2.8. You take a step of faith, and then God shows you the path. You have to take the first step. He gives us freedom of choice. He gives us choice. But you need to take the first step, that leap of faith, that step of faith. That won't happen if you stand wrapped up in your fear. Fear can be very stifling, can't it? I can remember a time in my life where I was talking to somebody, and and I'm a visual person, so I was trying to explain how I felt. And at that time, my description was, With my eyes closed, I said, I feel like I have both of my feet in a block of cement. And the cement is so heavy, there's no way I can move. I can't move. And it was fear. It was my fear that was stifling me from being able to take a step forward. And maybe you're feeling that right now. Maybe you are right there. And you need to call and identify the fear that you have. And sometimes there's a breakthrough just by saying it. Sometimes I don't like to say anything regarding devil or anything because I don't want to give them any place, any power, any anything, not even a word out of my mouth. I'm very careful about giving any power at all to those forces because they are, they are uh, the battle's been won, right? They are, they are defeated in Jesus' name. Take a step in faith today and watch fear crumble in the process as God guides your steps. I'm going to say that again. Take a step in faith today and watch fear crumble in the process as God guides your steps. There is so much fear because we don't have fear of the unknown. There's a lot of things happening right now where we're not even sure of what's happening. Those protesters and then the, the looters, you know, just that whole situation. I found out that they bust people in. They weren't even people that were protesting for a cause. They just wanted to cause havoc to the city and to business people that have worked their whole lives to create something, opportunity. And here, you know, blocks and bricks and rocks are planted on these streets so that they're readily available to cause havoc. What is that? Who are those people and what? What is that for? Is that for something positive? Think about it. There is another whole agenda going on. I hope you realize that. And I just don't want to be on, on that side of anything. And it's fearful to even talk about it on the air. It's fearful. I, it's, it's, it's crazy. But it's very difficult to sit back and say nothing and do nothing because I'm put in a position of protecting those that are within my range. And I want people to really use their brains and pray and ask God to reveal to them the truth ask god to reveal and uh, you know take those layers off and all the fake news and all that stuff take it all away get your facts you were given a brain you are smart so use it think what is the motivation behind that what is the motivation about that what is the motivation and once we figure out what who wins who's going to benefit from that who's going to benefit from that think about that who's going to benefit and I want you to benefit. I want you to benefit. I want us to benefit. I want us to be protected. I want us to have the life that God really created us. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to feel joy. Is everything going to be great? No, of course not. You can't say, oh, yeah, I, I accept you, Lord Jesus. Now my life's going to be rosy. No, that's not exactly what happens. But I can tell you the decisions we make, it's much easier to make those when you don't have the gray area. It's pretty black and white. So where are we right now? I'm going to read from Jesus Calling. Seek to live in my love, which covers a multitude of sins, both yours and others. Wear my love like a cloak of light, covering you from head to toe. Have no fear, for perfect love disseminates fear. Look at other people through lenses of love. See them from my perspective. This is the Lord speaking to you. This is how you walk in the light, and it pleases me. I want my body of believers to be radiant with the light of my presence. How I grieve when pockets of darkness increasingly dim the love light. Return to me, your first love. Gaze at me in the splendor of holiness, and my love will once again envelope you in light. And here's some scriptures. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. That's 1 Peter 4.8. That's a very good verse, isn't it? 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So ask yourself, put a name to your fear. Okay, This is the, the first part of addressing the situation is, what are you fearing? I've been through so many counselors. I have been through a lot of counseling in my years, and I have to tell you that a lot of our motivation, even not knowingly it's our our responses to certain things come because we're afraid of something and And if we call it out and we let those that if we're vulnerable enough to allow ourselves to understand the fears, you know like mine one of mine was fear of abandonment and being vulnerable again. But one of mine was fear of abandonment. I I felt like I was going to be abandoned. And it felt unworthy at the time, so therefore it was so easy for someone to abandon me because it's hard to love somebody that's unlovable. And so I I had this fear of abandonment. I can remember very young um, with my mom that I would lay next to her bed, and her bed was kind of high, and she was asleep. And in the middle of the night, I can't remember my age, but I was young. But I, I would walk into her room to see if she was still breathing. I would watch her stomach go up and down because I was so afraid my mom was going to leave me. She was going to die and leave me. So I was so afraid of that because I didn't really have a dad that I could trust. I only had my mom. So I would put my hand. I'd fall asleep because I'd just sit there watching her breathe for an hour. And I would fall asleep and I would have her, my hand on her, her chest. She didn't wake up. Weird she didn't wake up. She didn't wake up. I'm just realizing that now. She never woke up. But I'd laid down next to her, and I was like, I had to have a long arm because her bed was kind of high. But I'd fall asleep next to the bed on the floor, and she'd wake up going, Susie, why are you on the floor? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I must have been sleepwalking. I don't know why, you know. Um, but I never let her know that I was afraid she was going to die. So that is a real, real fear for, for anybody, is fear of abandonment. Um, name your fear. You know, what is the fear you have? We all have them, okay? We all are vulnerable, and we all have areas where um, we feel exposed, and we feel vulnerable, and um, if this happens, oh, my gosh, kind of like when I was reading a part of this article where I was saying my husband could die or I could lose my job. These are fears. These are fears, and we don't always call them out. We don't always let people know that we are concerned about that. So what are yours? I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that my baby might die. I'm fearful that, you know, something might happen. And, and, and those are real fears, aren't they? So we have to call them out. And yeah, we have to do what we can to protect. There's that word protect again within our own power. I remember when I had my son, the day I had my son, I had this visual of me handing him car keys. And I freaked out over that moment of handing him over car keys because really we have control as a parent. Up until that time, we have a little control over them. But the minute you hand those car keys, that's when any control leaves you. So we have to train our kids up to where they can handle these things on their own. There were a couple things that I wanted to bring up, and I don't know how much time I have, so I'm going to talk kind of fast. When I was going through Facebook this morning at 4 a.m., yes, 4 a.m., there was one where it was talking about a fifth grader who got into a school bus with a bunch, uh, 30 kids, 30 children, and he's a hero. Because when he got in the bus, he smelled something funny from the driver. And the driver was not his normal driver for the school bus. He was a sub driver for this um, bus. And the little kid, his fifth grader, he told a couple people, and the kids said, no, 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 don't worry about it. But he had a cell phone at fifth grader. What did they do before cell phones? Um, but anyway, he called 911. There we go with 911 again, right? So the the police came. And during this time, this bus... Um, Cut off some people, turned a corner really fast, threw the kids um, to the side. I mean, he just wasn't driving right. So, come to find out, he was under the influence. And if it wasn't for this fifth grader who took it upon himself to face the fear, because he was worried about repercussions, he was concerned that he was going to get in trouble for calling 911. He was, tr- you know, he didn't know really everything was going on. He just knew that something wasn't right. So, this child was taught to pay attention to the surroundings pay attention and he protected 30 children on that school bus that's pretty wonderful isn't it and we all need to be looking we all need to take action we all need to be doing these things don't we but i'm I'm very thankful for that fifth grader because we could have had a lot more uh trouble there another one was a woman and i i have to tell you this woman um She's a, a woman of color, and she had a uniform of some kind, and after she started talking, tears were rolling down her eyes, and she says, I normally don't talk on Facebook, but I really felt the need to talk. And uh, she was talking about um, how she she has a poster, and it says, be, be the light that you want the world to see, something like that. It was really good, and you probably can see it on Facebook because she said over 2 million views. But she was talking about how she was really um, kind of overwhelmed and she was late to get to work. And then she realized that she was low on gas. She was low on gas. And so she decided she had to stop even though she was going to be late to work. She stopped and she was low on gas and she was getting gas in her car. And she was thinking about how she was thankful for things um, that had happened and that she had posted something the night before about – she had saw a two-year-old child who was hugging every single person at the park. So she posted this positive video of this child who was just hugging everybody and how she she was saying that this child was showing her how we need to be, that we need to show his love. We need to love one another. And she posted it. And this was just the night before, like six hours before. And now she's getting low on gas. She stops at a gas station and there was a young man um, he was white, according to her. He was a white, young guy, and he also had a uniform on. Don't know if he was police or uh, military, um, not sure. And he, she's getting gas in her car, and she's just um, kind of emotional. And she just says that this gentleman said, hey, can I pray for you? And she was taken back by that. And uh, he goes, I just feel like I need to pray for you. And so she pr- he prayed for her and prayed for her protection because she's in uniform and, and just prayed for her life and, and, and everything. And she just is streaming tears, and I'm streaming tears just watching this video because it's so heartfelt. And she says, when you share love, it comes back to you tenfold. When you show God, it comes back to you. And she says, this is living proof. If I would not have been low on gas. I wouldn't have stopped at that gas station and I would have missed my blessing. And it's so good. You know, these types of things. This is when Facebook is good, right? I mean, there's a lot of things on Facebook that I'd rather just scroll past and not pay attention to. But then there's other times where you get something like this and you're going, oh, that just touched me so deeply. And we each have a light. We need to share that light with other people. We need to be thankful for what we have. And let's pull together. And it doesn't matter. What color you are, it matters our heart. There's good and bad in every race. There's good and bad in every company. There's good and bad no matter where you go in the government, no matter what. There's going to be good and bad people. But you need a choice. You need to choose what are you? What are your actions saying? What are you doing? And would God be pleased? Would he be pleased with your actions? Would he be pleased with the outcome of what you're doing? And if you see a need, don't just be words. Do something about it. I think that's really a good lesson, and I think we all need to pull together on this and do this. This last weekend, um, I got to spend a little time with my granddaughter, Montana Jade, and it was a very special time. And being with my daughter, who had a toothache, and uh, my son-in-love, and just spending time, it's just been so wonderful to be together and um, just a family time and, and building those memories and pictures, lots of pictures. My sister came, Stephen was there, Savannah was there. It's just is so wonderful to spend time, to eat together, play cards together, to talk about things that are funny. And um, I never laughed so hard in all my life. I mean, it's just so much fun. And eating together and sharing food—it's just—it's just so wonderful. And the simplest of things can be so so important. At the end of the day, when you think about what's really really important, when I think about the people that are in uh, hospital beds right now, like my mother was or my friend was, who was dying of cancer, she's gone home to be with the Lord. I used to go and I'd visit her in, and, and we'd get the Bible out and just read scriptures, and she would show me that her favorite scriptures. And I would read them to her. And just that time that I got to spend with her. And it really made me realize just how important just time together and talking about things that are not surface things, talking about things that really, really matter. And we have so many things going on right now, and we can get so caught up in them. But let's share God's love. Let's share by action and words and deeds. Let's do it. Okay? Can we do that? God bless you. Be a blessing each and every day. And thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.
0: Ah, it's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters. Even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. termite and pest control services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects.